Greetings and salutations and welcome to Recasted, the podcast that may ask for oh so little, just for you to fear missing an episode and love the episode you're listening to. Okay. Makes sense when you watch the movie. I did watch the movie. Uh, we here at Recasted like to mix it up every so often and really get the creative juices flowing. To add to our already strenuous task of recasting the beloved characters for this month's films, we are each being given a completely different genre to cast the film in. Done by the power of the D20. We call this month the Recasted Genre Challenge. Challenge, challenge. Keep going. You got nothing on that? I'm not stopping you. Okay. So with our first film, uh, we've got the man looking to rob the Goblin King, Hassa. Hello. As usual, I am Spaceman Chris. (laughs) I can't see the movements, but it's it's worth it. (laughs) It's not. So, please keep a tally of how many times I pronounce David Bowie's name. I got it right that time. You got it right that time. Wrong. As we recast the Labyrinth. Just Labyrinth. Jim Henson's Labyrinth. (laughs) Yes. We are finally doing this movie. You guys have been hounding me to do this movie for a while. No, we haven't. You have to. Don't. This is, this is, yes, I do love this movie, though. Yeah. But you've been hounding it because it's one of my favorites. Yes. Yeah. And because and you made me have to do Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas. And we did Last Unicorn for Daniel. Yes. But, yeah. So, yes, this is one of my favorite movies as a child. I grew up watching this movie over and over again. This one, Dark Crystal, Return to Oz, all the Jim Henson, Scare Your Child trifecta <laughs> movies. Um, I absolutely love this film. Um it came out June 26th, 1986, so it's like a year and a half older than me. Or in younger than me, sorry. Year, it's a um, year older than me. Yeah. So I was born in 85, so like mm-hmm. like this was definitely a, a VHS that I had as a kid. I'm pretty sure I still have it somewhere. Uh, and I watched this thing over and over again because David Bowie is electrifying. Good job. Like, I just love the creatures. I love the aesthetic. I love the music. Like, everything about this movie is just spectacularly well done. Um, except have... for the fire dance people. But... <laughs> what? What's wrong with them? But that's... Come on. But the thing is with that is, like, if you watch documentaries or behind the scenes stuff on this movie, like, that was such a technical challenge for them that they literally went, this is the best we can do. Mm-hmm. They knew it looked like shit. They just couldn't fix it. So True. Yeah. Uh, which is unfortunate. Because everything about this, everything about this movie, the Crete Hoggle and Ludo and Didymus, I love Didymus, so good, Sir Didymus. My apologies, Sir Didymus. Um, and what, I never remember his steed's name, Ambrosia. Ambrosia. Yeah. Ambrosia. <laughs> Which is just the dog from the beginning. Yes. <laughs> um, like I just, I absolutely love them. And again, uh, how can you go wrong with David Bowie? This is the same thing with Highlander. Like, it's mm-hmm. a David Bowie doing all the music, and it's like, this is just awesome. <laughs> like, so. Yeah, he's, it's, he really, I think, to be honest, he really makes this movie. Like, 100%. By the way, that, that opening of mine, which is, uh, love me, fear me, like, that's his speech at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, I think I have it. Hold on. Did you um, write it down? No, I did because when I explained my genre, it was mm. something I did. It says, everything that you wanted, I have done. You asked that the child to be taken. I took him. You cowered before me. I was frightened. Frightening. 
I've reordered time. Oh, no. Maybe this isn't something else. No, that was right. I've reordered time. I've turned the world upside down. I've done it all for you. I'm exhausted from living up to your expectations. Isn't that generous? Isn't it enough to love me, to yeah. fear me, to obey me? That was a little creepy, but... Did, um... So, when did you first watch this movie? Were you... Um, did, it watch, did you watch it as a kid, or was it an adult? This was... So, my stepsister is a big fan of this movie. Um, not so much. I watched this, like, maybe later. I wouldn't say teens, but maybe, like, pre-teens. Mm-hmm. Definitely. This wasn't more... This wasn't more up my alley. These movies kind of always freaked me out as a kid. I blame certain other movies. Beetlejuice. Mm. The snake in Beetlejuice scared the crap out of me. Snake? When he turns into a snake. Oh. The banister. Right, 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 right. Um, but I did, like a lot of things, I got more into it in teens. Um, kind of like when I started getting into Nightmare Before Christmas and all that. And then I got into a lot of going back and watching these old older ones and like the um tim burton scare the crap out of children type for trifecta yeah those ones edward scissorhands beetlejuice and nightmare before christmas <laughs> yep so. um <clears throat> but like yeah this one and like i i have the blu-ray i have like the 25th special edition or the 30th i have edition. something along that line too i um, can't remember the little I book one yeah which i was gonna bring because it has a lot of information in there um but i didn't because whatever yeah um, this is an info. People don't come here to hear facts. Oh, but I got fun <laughs> facts. But this is this is one of those ones where I go back and I rewatch it, and I'm like, I really enjoyed watching it. It does kind of hold up, not greatly. Mm-hmm. It could be done, redone yeah. again. The, it's the thing is that the thing that holds up is obviously all the puppeteering, mm-hmm. and it's not the, CGI. The suit that, as I said, the fire. What are they called? The it's a fire dance. Yeah, so the fire dance people like them. obviously those guys don't hold up very much. Um, but like everything else before that, and like unless it's a matte painting, which is obviously a matte painting. Mm-hmm. Um, though I'd, I'll, I've I've always said that I would love that that opening shot of the labyrinth when she first sees it. Mm-hmm. I would love that as a poster on my wall. Yeah, because it's just a beautiful like the labyrinth and the castle in the middle and yeah. Also, I'd love to clock the thir- the clock that has thirteen hours on it. The thirteenth hour clock. Yeah. So, yes. But times. Do we want? And should we talk about Jim, or do you want to talk about Jim? Uh, when we talk about the director. Let's talk about Jim. I like Jim. Jim Henson is a staple of every childhood childhood be- from. 1970 something 60 to... i think it's 1963 <laughs> yeah like with sesame street he it's got to be early 60s yeah, we're, we'll look him up but like or this... even no maybe not 50s this man was such an important figure uh, mike douglas show in 1961 jimmy dean ed sullivan uh muppet movie 1979 so before that obviously he did um Sesame Street and stuff from 1969. Yeah, Sesame yeah. Street. Can you tell me how to get how to get to Sesame Street? Like, I grew up watching this guy's stuff from these things to Sesame Street to The Muppet Show. Yeah, The Muppet Show. I remember, um, like, Sesame Street's the big one. Everyone, every, let's be honest, almost every kid in our generation watched that. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, the Muppet Show. 
Yeah. Was really, I think, later. Again, that's one of those ones where it's later in life. Like, I've gone back. I know it's on it's on Disney Plus, right? Muppet Show? Yeah. yeah. And I've gone back and rewatched them a bunch of, like, the first seasons. And they're still... The guests don't hold up? No. It's not until you get to, like, season three where you're like, oh, Steve Martin's here Steve now. Martin's. <laughs> Alice Cooper shows up yeah. at one. I always love the Alice Cooper episode. Because yeah. it's like, it's like okay, they, they did this. Mm-hmm. And they got the celebrities they could. Yeah. But some of them were like uh, Bernadette Peters. Mm-hmm. She shows up. And some of them you recognize. But like the jokes in it are still pretty, pretty good. Like yeah. they're still pretty hilarious. Like everyone loves, um, I always get their names wrong. The two old men. Statler and Waldorf. I always want to say Waldorf. Mm. Um, Named after two New York um, hotels. Hotels. Yeah. But like everyone loves those guys. Because they are like why we are the way we are in our lives. Yeah. We're all sarcastic assholes. They're the, they're the sarcastic dicks who just like to scream at people. Um, but, like, but yeah, like not only that, but like. I never Jim really Hen- watched Fraggle Rock. Jim Hen- oh, yeah, I loved Fraggle Rock. Jim Henson was, was one of those. He's up there with uh, Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Like just one of those generally amazing human beings that did all of this, not for fame or for money or for anything like that, just, just to entertain kids well look at um the i mean god there's so many documentaries on it but you look at sesame street and they talk about the fact like when mr hooper died and they were like how do we address this and it wasn't like well here's the new mr hooper it was no mr hooper died he died they did that when jim henson died yeah um they had that they had it on the muppet show like you can go back and watch those like Mm -hmm. they read letters from kids saying we're sorry that mr henson has died and yeah. and they were like it was sad no yeah because yeah. like he was such an i'm gonna start crying oh, he was such an important part of like all of this and yeah but his uh, his sons kept over oh yeah brian and, henson has done a really good job with the and even like look at the dark crystal on netflix right like the way they did that was just freaking canceled it though I know. That was the only bad part, but it was a great yeah. show. And, like, if you're going to... Ah, Frank Oz. Don't, yeah, I was gonna, don't, don't I was, die, Frank Oz. I was going to talk about him. Because, like, when they started Sesame Street, mm-hmm. it was them. They mm-hmm. did all the voices. They, they did all the puppeteering. It. Like, yeah. Yeah, the way they, they ended up making them, even making, like, like, you look at the Dark Crystal, like... The way they made everything, mm-hmm. just yeah. puppetry. And the thing best. is, then you then you have to go into you add the Jim Henson, like creature, creature shop, creature shop. It's onto still the around. Top. That does so much. Like it's does like it has ridiculous pedigree of an amazing work. Yep. Right. I don't I don't want to look it up right now, but like just. If you ever wonder, like, if it's got good puppeteering in it, it's either a Guillermo del Toro movie or a Jim Henson product. <laughs> like, <laughs> But I think you, there's a workshop somewhere where you can go and make your own Muppets. Yeah, there is. Yeah. I think it's in New York. Yeah. I'm going to look it up. The Jim Henson shop. Yeah. Or just the Jim Henson company. Uh, Jim Henson company. Well, because, like, they've had, I mean, Movies. Muppets have been ongoing forever. Even the Muppet movie with um, Jason Siegel. Yeah. God, that movie was funny. <laughs> hey, guys, where's my backstory? <laughs> hey, Rolf, you want to come with us? Sure. Sure. <laughs> Classic Rolf. I love that one. Uh, but. Yes, I. God, I love the Muppets. Yeah. 
Anyway. Or the this what was page it? cannot be found. Okay, we're gonna, I'm not gonna not gonna worry about it. It was Animal versus Oh, Foo Fighters. Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl yeah. on drums. Yeah. That was a great one. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, and and like as much as I do like that first movie, the the new Muppets movie with Jason Segel, mm-hmm. like he Jason Segel is smiling the whole time. The whole movie. And it's because he is working with the Muppets, and he cannot help himself. <laughs> like, he's having the time of his life. And it, that's the thing too. Like, I have seen interviews and backstage footage of mm-hmm. people working with the Muppets, and they don't work with the puppeteers. No, they, they work. work with the Muppets. There's a very famous Robin Williams blooper with Elmo, and he's just talking to Elmo. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's not talking to the puppeteer. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love the fact that Elmo. No, Grover. It's Grover. Grover. Yeah. I love the fact that Elmo went before Congress, was it, I think? Somebody like that, yeah. And it's like, can you just imagine there's a guy... Under the desk. Under the desk <laughs> who has to do the Elmo movement. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's that's the thing. And even they say, like, when kids were coming to the set, they'd be like, well, they're in a room on the bed. And they'd be like, oh, they're sleeping, right? Yeah. Like, they wouldn't break it, but yeah. It was just... Anyway... Okay, so do you want some fun facts? Yes, or let's do go you with some fun facts. Some genre, and then we'll talk about the genres we have do, do, been do. sidled with. <clears throat> the various thing. Oh, Chris's fun facts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we went Swedish there. <laughs> uh, the various things that Jareth does with the crystal balls, rolling them around his arms and in his hands and so forth, are not camera tricks or any other kind of special effects. They're juggling. Either- Actually done by choreographer Michael Motion. Mo- Motion. Yeah. An accomplished juggler. Motion was actually crouched behind him with his arms replacing Bowie's. Bowie's. Damn it. One. <laughs> Unlike a typical Muppet performance, however, he had no video screens to view his performance. In other words, his manipulations were completely blind. Yeah. So, super impressive. Very, very impressive. There's only like one or two scenes where you can tell that it's not David Bowie's hands. Yeah, because it's But like... they do it really, really well. Yeah. Um, mostly because of the outfits. Like, he keeps the giant cape on all the time yeah. and stuff like that. But um, fun story. Fun story for fun facts. So, when Penn Jillette mm-hmm. was coming up in Magic, he was the roommate of Michael Motion. They had an apartment together. Yeah. And it was him, who, it was Penn Jillette, who actually bought the glass spheres. Yeah. And couldn't figure out how to use them. And then Michael was like, hey, I'll, I'll figure something out. And he figured out that. He figured out a whole routine. And yeah. then that just, like, so, yeah. I don't know. I think I, whenever, when I found out that that wasn't David Bowie, I'm like, that makes sense. But that's super cool that he was able to do that without looking at it. And, like, doing the, like, the ones where it goes over his oh, hand. Yeah. Like, it's all looking. by feel. Yeah. So, but that's a juggler, right? You can't, yeah. you don't look at what you're doing. You just know it has to happen. Well, you gotta like, put it in the right spot. Yeah. Okay, anyway. number two. <clears throat> a hoggle puppet got lost on an airplane and remained undiscovered until it turned up at the Unclaimed Baggage Center, a store in Scottsboro, Alabama. Hmm. When a worker opened the crate, he got scared by the sight of the puppet. It is now on display in their museum. Nice. Did you notice Yoda's in the movie? No. Yeah, there's a scene during the goblin, like, fight in Goblin City. Yeah. 
um, where one of them, a puppet, closes the door, like looks out the window and closes yeah. it. It's just in the background, and it's Yoda. It's an old, it's an older Yoda puppet. Hmm. They just had one lying around. They needed a puppet, so why not? <laughs> um, one of the choreographers for this movie, do you know who it is? Was Cheryl McFadden. Do you know who that is? Related to Gates McFadden. Is the same person. Okay. <laughs> so Cheryl McFadden, she also appeared uncredited as one of the masked dancers in the ballroom scene. A year after this movie, she starred on Star Trek, The Next Generation, credited as Gate McF- Gates McFadden. I did not know that. Playing Dr. Beverly Crusher. That's awesome. <laughs> a role she played in six of the seven seasons. Yes, she, she was a choreographer I, for I, this movie. <laughs> I actually knew she was a choreographer, but I didn't know she was one for this film. Yeah. Actually, when I watched it again this time, because I knew that from a previous one. I I thought I saw her in the ballroom scene. So, um, all right, let's see how many of these you did get. In the DVD version, there are hidden faces in seven scenes of David Bowie. In general, they resemble the head of Gareth, or or that of Jareth. Jareth, yeah. Sorry. Um, There's a bunch of different ones, man. There's There's the one... There's a few that are like very prominent, and there's yeah. a couple that are like really hidden. So faces can be found upper right corner of the stone maze, just after the worm shakes his head and says, "If she'd kept going, blah blah blah, mm-hmm. she'd go the right way." Um, to the right of the screen after the rung. You don't have to read them. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of them. <laughs> Look them up. Yeah. But yes, I noticed a few of them, and some of them I've noticed from scenes or from screenshots, and other ones I just. Mm-hmm. The, you have to really pay attention. Like, cause like some of them are like only on the screen for like a second or two. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's, there's only one or two that are like blatantly obvious, but yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. The last scene was altered during production. Sarah's communication with Ludo, Hoggle and Sir Didymus would take place via her bedroom window and not her vanity mirror. After sharing their goodbyes with Sarah, her friends would simply fade away. In the movie, this scene is modified to be a more upbeat resolution. I like that scene. Always makes me cry a little bit. Oh. Should you need us? <laughs> but I need you. Yeah. yeah. Let's all party. <laughs> Parents come in. What the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. Your daughter but, is insane. <laughs> there was something about this movie that I had watching it this time that I had never noticed before. Um, so the junk lady. Mm-hmm. Um, when she is... You know, trying to convince Sarah to not figure it out while she's sitting there. Yeah. She's giving her all this stuff and she's putting it on her back. Yeah. And I never knew, I never realized that she's turning her into a junk lady. Yeah. Like, no, that never clicked to me. So I always, I always pick that up because she's starting to build. Mm -hmm. Because it took me a couple, a lot of viewings to notice that there are more than just one of them. Hmm. There's a bunch of junk people. Yeah. They're all walking around in the background. And it's just, I don't know, this is one This is one of those things where you just watch over and over again and you get different symbolisms and different, like, that, that's obviously a thing about making sure you don't carry all your shit with you. Yeah, it's, right? it's getting rid of it and yeah. it's kind of that childish thing because it's like, yeah. oh, here's your toys, here's all these things, yeah. oh, you need this, oh, you need this. Yeah. I'm going to be honest, though, this time I watched it, I didn't realize it was her stepmom. I don't know why I never picked that up. No? And that, yeah, because... Yeah, Thomas is, or Toby isn't her brother. It's her stepbrother. Stepbrother, yeah. Why well, I didn't pick that up. Yeah. Okay, it's do you want... they, they don't really... No. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. 
So. Sorry, there is one thing that I didn't realize until this year. Mm -hmm. And it's because I was on TikTok and I saw a TikTok about this movie. Where it was about the the hand tunnel. Yes. And uh, how they figured out. It was just supposed to be the hands grabbing her and then a voice. Yes. And then they figured out that they can use the hands to look like faces. And the person who said that was Terry Jones. And I'm like, why is Terry Jones part of this documentary? And I looked it up. Wrote... And the dude wrote the damn movie, and I'm like, no wonder this movie's good. It's written by a python. <laughs> like... Yeah, it's um, originally written by him, I believe. Not like the book, but like... Well, it says the screenplay is written by him. Screenplay is written yeah. by him, and then I think it went through a bunch of like follow-up writers, yeah. and then they brought it back to him because they were like, nah, we screwed this up. <laughs> but yeah, I just I was yeah. so surprised that I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway. Okay. So... Recasted is a genre challenge. Our challenge this week is to change the genre of this of defining finding fantasy so movie. Clearly not a fantasy movie. <clears throat> yes. So we rolled our D12s. You got D20. an easy one. I got an easy one. I got sci-fi. Yeah. You got you got such an easy one that it's just basically change them into aliens and we're good. I got I got a bunch of stuff on this. <laughs> yeah. I had to do a heist film. Yeah! Which is very difficult. <laughs> I basically had to rewrite a different movie. <laughs> um, but yeah. You could have still kind of gone fantasy, See, though. But... So I did. Yeah. No, no, no. Hold on. I'm going to explain it. I'll go first because mine's going to take probably a lot longer yes. than sci-fi. Um, so I had eventually, I was like writing it out. I'm like, okay, this is going to be cool. I want it to look like this. I want it to be like that. And then I'm like halfway through writing my little pitch. And I'm like, wait, this is just the freaking movie over again i'm like damn it i can't do this um because this movie like just, it's, a, it's a defining fantasy movie but they are out to steal her brother back yeah right so you just you do the james camera thing you put labyrinth up on the board and then you put an s for the dollar sign <laughs> labyrinth aliens aliens money um so yeah mine is different it's a little cliched but i'm not a movie writer yeah. So, anyway, do you want me to do? You want me to do the whole thing now? Well, give me your pitch. Okay. I'm right. the I'm the board. Okay. So. I'm the Jim Henson board. <laughs> so it's phenomena. There, <laughs> there, there's no, there's no science fiction. There's no fantasy about this. It's all it's a straight up type of heist film. But for some reason, I want it set in like. 1920s 1930s era america okay just because for some reason you i want, want... the gangster yeah he's known as the goblin king exactly because <laughs> he's the goblin king so i wanted yeah. that to like obviously he has to be a gangster of some kind so because it's a heist he where he owns a casino he's the goblin king who owns the, the casino. labyrinth casino the labyrinth <laughs> see it's a little cliche uh-huh. yeah, okay um but the thing is like what i have is i have it so that you you keep what? I just pictured Ludo as like the, the stereotypical giant thug. That's what he is. So I have... Um, hold on, I'll actually go through this. Um, so, Prohibition era. Sarah is a thief that's pulled into a job by the wise man. Oh. So they all have kind of names, right? Okay, yeah. So there's the wise man. The job is to get Toby. So Toby's kind of like my Maltese falcon. It's just a thing. So it's not actually a kid. <laughs> It's just a thing. Yeah, we got the Toby. Right. 
Um, the Goblin King is a crime boss in the owner of the casino, the Labyrinth. Mm. Uh, they they put together the team. Hoggle is the inside man. He works yeah. for he works for the casino. Okay. Ludo is the strong man. Uh, Didymus is the con man because he has to be a fast talking kind of guy. Um, they get help from the other characters. They get help from they get blueprints and stuff and forged documents from the worm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and they get uniforms. You don't want this key. Yeah. If they took in this key, it would have opened all the doors. Yeah. Um, you get uniforms and other stuff from the bag lady. Hmm? Uh, however, the bag lady, just to make her scene a little bit more like the scene in the movie, they have history, and the bag lady has to remind Sarah what happened last time she went after Toby against the mm-hmm. Goblin King. Right? Because you kind of want... I kind of want, I, this is going to sound really reductive, but like in Ocean's Eleven. I was going to say, this is an Ocean's Eleven's movie. With uh, George Clooney and... Brad Pitt? Nope, nope, the bad guy. Uh, oh, son of a... <laughs> this is going to kill me. Yeah. I know his name. Uh, anyway. The other, how, the other Italian they, monster. They, they occasionally, um, like butted heads and had like witty dot witty witty um banter between the two of them he's not even in like the first set of people no no hold on we'll get there um what is that guy's name how is he not this far in the list he was the bad guy there was andy garcia oh there we go there was 11 other people (laughs) yeah but like it's a big cast chris dancer a dancer (laughs) was before andy garcia um yeah, Sarah and Jareth have fun conversations and witty banter. Obviously, shit goes wrong. There's a twist at the end. They get away with Toby. What? Yeah. She takes over Labyrinth. <laughs> um, Should like, you need us. <laughs> I want it to be, I've obviously, like some of the better heist movies when it comes to casinos are the Ocean series. Oh, yeah. Um, not really counting Ocean's 8. I thought they had a good rapport, and I thought the acting was good, but the heist at the end was really bad, and I didn't like it. Um, mostly because they went, well, we failed. Yeah, but we also got these diamonds. Wait, you had a second heist going on that no one actually got to see? No. Like, that's the whole point of this. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah, it was... Uh, I don't know. Sandra Bullock wasn't... She doesn't have Clooney's charisma. No. And but then was... again, not many people do. No, and I feel like, yeah... So yeah, whatever. But yeah, so that's how I want it to play. Like, and I kind of set it in prohibition era because then you still have the the female protagonist who's kind of looked down on because it's that era, mm-hmm. right? So she's just a dame. Mm-hmm. Get her, get and her, boys. I know it's reductive and everything, but yeah, no, that's that's what you. It's gotta... not exactly easy to turn this into a heist film. No, like this is kind of a this was a big challenge for me. So yeah. Anyway. Mine was far easier. Yes. Turn everything to aliens. I kept them all... No, I kept it kind of the same. So, like, Sarah's still human. Um, So, I, I did it this way. I said she's a human who is fascinated by the book, Labyrinth. Because she's reading the book, right? Um, Jareth... Jareth... I get his name wrong because I want to say Jared. Um, Jareth, of course, is an alien. And the Labyrinth is a giant spherical spaceship that has its own ecosystem inside. He makes it the labyrinth. Um, 
I took it from the actual speech I I spoke at the beginning, the one where he says everything that you have wanted I have done. So basically, he's taken the inside of his ship and created this world for her. Um, so I used that, and then basically said it's a mixture of kind of the fantasy, but being done by technology. Like you can see the things behind the curtain, mm-hmm. right? It's not all the kind of like a holodeck instead of kind a, of a holodeck, but not not as much. Like yeah, there's trees, but the they're not like green trees. and brown and yeah. all the grass, right? Um, I said all the characters that are inhabiting this world are aliens that are collected. So Jareth is a collector. Mm. So he's, but he's infatuated. Infatuated, wrong term. He's enthralled by Sarah. Infatuated works. Yeah, except he for, was pretty infatuated in the movie. Um, you could always not make her thirteen. No, I make her a little older. <laughs> like I know she's not exact. I think she was like yeah. fourteen or fifteen in the movie technically, but like, yeah, she's a young girl. So yeah, so I kind of created him as a, as like the collector, mm-hmm. right? That's what he want. That's what he does. He goes around and collects things, and then this one creature is like really intriguing him. So that's what he's going after. Is there a still a Toby? Still be a Toby, to the same degree. Not. I think I'd make him a little older, but I wouldn't make like Jareth interacting with him as much. For mm-hmm. him, it's all about getting to Sarah. This is just what she wanted is it still a musical no hmm. i gotta take away the musical um i changed a few of them so hoggle is a cyborg type character where instead of like collecting jewelry he's collecting parts so yeah use that um i said the junk lady becomes an ai program <laughs> uh, i will explain that more when that's I- fine yeah when I get to when you cast her, cast the Glados. When I get to the, the Glados voice is her. No, not Glados, <laughs> but I got another one. I got another one very close, okay. which I think you'll laugh at. Um, the two door knockers, because I did cast them. Okay. Um, I made them like hologram force field, so they're little just heads on them. And then yeah, Jareth's intention is originally to take Toby as part of his collection, but then he becomes intrigued with sarah and all of her desires and wants and all of that no this is not a musical <laughs> because the person i chose is not a singer okay although i did think of adam Lamb- lambert La- adam lambert lambert singer uh, the guy that maroon five no that's adam, that's adam Levine. Levine. adam lambert does um he paired up with queen he, d- he plays as Freddie Mercury. Oh, right, 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 right. He does kind yes. of the Freddie Mercury parts. Yes. I kind of thought of him for this role because he's got that look to that him. That flamboyantness. Yeah. Sorry, I think that's so, yeah, giant spaceship. As much as, you know, this was a thing, I am going to talk about how, if this movie was a fantasy remake, how I would yeah. like to see it. Jim Henson. Totally. Or... Netflix. The thing is, I would like... I would kind of like this to be... Like the way I would, way I wanted to describe it when I was doing my other version of this, just Mm -hmm. because I want to talk about it, because I liked the idea in my head. Kind of a cross between Penn's Labyrinth and Alien. Hmm. So, do you remember Hellboy Two? Yes. Remember in Hellboy Two the the troll market? Yes. Where it was so many, so much fantasy stuff, but then also steam pipes Mm -hmm. and sewer pipes and all that stuff, and like that opening where they where the elf king dies like yeah. 
it's this beautiful tree and there's leaves falling from the thing and it's in a sewer right I, I, like I love that aesthetic and I think this movie would benefit from something like that yeah. I would put make Ludo instead of this monster that happens to control rocks I would kind of make him right. part rock rocks are friends that's what I mean though like I would make him like this mossy rock monster instead mm-hmm. and yeah so I would totally enjoy the shit out of a remake of this movie I think they, they, to be honest, they could totally remake it. Mm. And like I said, you could find, especially nowadays, you can find an actor that could play that balance that David Bowie does so well. Oh, yeah. Um, you could update some of the songs. As much as Dance Magic is a fun great, song, great song, it does get a little annoying sometimes. <laughs> but it's a great song. Like, a lot of his songs are really good, mm-hmm. but, like, yeah. I love. I always love the one at the end with the when they're walking around the Escher staircases yeah. and yeah, it's just haunting and really well done. So yeah. Anyway, right. who do you have cast? By okay, the way? so I have Junk Lady, Worm, Wise Man, Didymus, Ludo, Hoggle, Bowie. Okay, I have the two door knockers. I have the Junk Lady, the Wise Man. I didn't do the Worm though. Okay, so I didn't do the knockers. So we'll start with the knockers and the Worm. <laughs> oh, this got really not safe for work fast. <laughs> Only because you said that. <laughs> you come on, the knockers and the worm. That sounds like a morning radio DJ. <laughs> Welcome to Knockers and the Worm on KFI Nine. Knockers and the worm, 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 worm. worm. <laughs> okay, so I only did the two knockers because I figured these two. Sorry. <laughs> The right knocker and the left knocker. Um, I did these two mainly because they have that kind of rapport. Um, kind of, I almost wanted to do the guards that speak the truth and speak the lies, but yeah, they can be anybody. I, I love other people's like take on that that whole riddle. It's like hmm. only one of us can tell the truth. Only one of us can lie. What's two plus two? Uh, but you're only allowed to ask one question. If, what's two plus two? Then I know which one lies and which one doesn't. Like, yeah, but then you can't. Uh, well, I guess. But then the you whole, can't ask which door is po- right. Yeah, the whole point is you have to ask one question to figure it out, mm-hmm. and then you can ask them the question you want, right? Well, I think you can ask each of them a question. Yeah. So yeah, because if you go, "What's two plus two? If he says two, mm-hmm. or sorry, four, then you're telling the truth. They're telling the truth. If he says seven, you know he's not lying. He's lying. So. <laughs> Just ask them one of those super simple questions. Anyway, who are your your knockers? So I went with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Those are some good knockers. Yeah, some great knockers. (laughs) Just because I I think, and I'd have it as Simon Pegg being the one that has like the can't hear. And then Nick Frost is the one that's speaking. Would you have their actual faces? I would have. Like just like stick their faces in a door for a day. I would kind of wanted to do, you know, those old like pin ones that people used to put their faces in. Yeah. Kind of like that where it's their face, but it's not quite their face. Cause it's just like a hologram type idea. Like, like, um, uh, like a nanotech wall or like yeah. the technology in man of steel. Yes. Kind of like that. Where it just kind of like comes up as like little particles. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be quite their faces. Yeah. I have a question for you about your world. Because mm. obviously I couldn't put it in mine. Are you going to have the labyrinth change as she yeah. goes through it? Because that, sh- 
that's always one part of this movie that I absolutely love, where she just turns around and, it's, oh, the dead end's there, and the door, the doors yeah. are there, and you're like, damn it, how do you win this thing? Like, Well, that's the thing. That's why I made it like a giant spherical yeah. ship, because the inside just constantly is moving. It's a gyroscope. It goes, woo! <laughs> it's slung to the outside. <laughs> it's going too fast! And then it just crashes into the sod, and the movie ends. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yes, it would totally change. Yes. I don't know who played the knockers because I didn't write them down. That's fine. I don't. Um, sorry. Because I wrote everybody else down. So, um, who didn't you have? The worm? I don't have the worm. Okay. So, I have the worm. Um, there are two names for each person, obviously, because they have a puppeteer and a, and a yes. voice actor. Um, the puppeteer was Karen Prell and Timothy Bateson was the voice. Um, so, for the worm, I... Um, He's obviously not going to be in it a bunch, but I kind of needed somebody who I could picture with these big glasses, big glasses, like looking over like papers and stuff. So I picked Toby Jones, mm. who is that kind of like diminutive man Jones. who just looks like he could be that kind of like, just like hunching around. Yeah. And, oh, like, you don't want to go that way. Covered, covered in like pencil marks and got this like leather apron on. And Can he have like the scarf though? Sure. Because the worm had a scarf the worm, on. The red scarf, yeah. Come in, put some tea. Yeah. Come in, meet the wife. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love that whole scene just because not only is does he look so good, mm-hmm. but the plant that's next to him, which yeah. is just the, the, eyeball. the eyeballs on the ends of the stalks that just move around. You're like, this place is weird and I love it. <laughs> so. Did you just say hello? No, I said hello, but close enough. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah. I do love that. Uh, sorry, I just love that scene because when she walks through the wall, like it's done so well. Because mm-hmm. every time I watch it, I'm like, okay, I think this is where it is. And then and she you, walks through, and, and then she like, turns, and you're like, nope, nope, I was completely <laughs> off. Yeah. And the thing about that is, if you really pay attention, that's the outside wall. Mm-hmm. Like, because she goes in, turns left, mm-hmm. and then runs, and then she meets him on. The ins meets the worm on the inside wall and goes through the outside wall, right? So like it's even weirder, it screws with your head even more. So yeah. Okay. So who who do we have? We're moving on to now. Uh, junk lady. Junk lady. I can't remember who I picked for the junk lady. Do you not anyway, have it? I'll have just. Oh, I have her name. I just oh. have to, can't remember who exactly who she is. Um, so the junk lady is also puppeteered by uh, Karen Prell. Um, and voiced by Denise Breyer. Do you mind going first while I look her up? I will. So as I said, my junk lady is more of an AI program or like a little bot that's moving around. Um, so I went with, uh, probably I'm screw up this last name, Joy Osmansky. Osmansky? No idea. O-S-M-A-N-S-K-I. Okay. Who is she? She was failsafe from destiny 2 she was the ship ai that was stuck on the planet and changed between super happy i want to help you and i'm miserable and want to die yes (laughs) and i loved that this is the second person actually i chose from a destiny oh that's right um because it's a voice right yeah i thought going glados the little too on the nose a little too on the nose and i mean when they did it in Pacific Rim. I was always very unhappy that it was just because they underutilized her yeah. Pacific Rim. So, and I really wanted to hear her more. 
but yeah, uh, I apologize. I probably messed up that last name. Um, but yeah, no, so, Failsafe was a good character. Failsafe was one of my favorite on-planet characters. Yeah. Um, just the game. Yeah, Destiny yeah. Two was a fun game, but got boring really fast. Destiny One was better. It was, but yeah. Uh, so it's Joy Osmansky. Sure. Let's just go with Osmansky. Okay. Failsafe. My go. I remember Your who go. it was. Uh, so it's Michelle Fairley. Oh yeah, her. <laughs> um, she was Ned Stark's wife. Okay. On Game of Thrones, Hermione Granger's mom. Yes. For that one scene. <laughs> and then she got obliviated. Yeah. Um, she's just a really, really good actress, and I know for a fact, just by watching Game of Thrones, that she can be there to be like this stubborn. Like, no, you can't go up against him again. You've no what happened last time, like blah blah mm-hmm. blah. Right? Like this voice of not the um, supporting reason, but this voice of criticism and reason. So Yes. Yeah, and she's a very, very like everybody who was on Game of Thrones is an amazing, amazingly talented actor. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> she was. She was great. Yeah. Okay. Everyone wanted her to come back as, what was that name? Stoneheart? Apparently she comes back in the books from death. Okay. Somebody else. Sounds ah, weird. Books are weird. Who's next on the list? Um, wise Man? The Wise Man. This is the guy with the bird on his head, right? This is the guy with the bird on his head. Who was I puppet- didn't... puppeteered by Frank Oz. I didn't cast the bird, but I, I didn't cast, cast the, the wise bird man. either. Okay. Uh, puppeteered by Frank Oz and um, voiced by uh, Michael Horden. Hordern, my apologies. Um, I recognize that name. Why do I recognize that name? Want me to look it up? Yeah, look it up. Okay. Um, so I picked Jeffrey Wright. Okay. Who I've used quite a while ago, um, but I, I think he's, I don't know, I find him as this, he's this really, really good stoic voice and actor right like he's the watcher in the new what if series Mm -hmm. like he's gordon in the new batman movie like he has this this kind of like stoicism to him that i think the wise man kind of needs for at least my film yeah um so yeah i'm with him okay i don't recognize horton from anything but i've seen his picture before so oh yeah so have i um but maybe because he, he did the, one of the voices in Watership Down? Um, wasn't he an M? Was he an M? Wasn't he an M in, like, James Bond? Mm, doesn't say. I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. I'm up. You're up. My wise man. I finally brought him back. Jack Black? No. Oh. <laughs> Idris Elba. Oh, okay. Idris Alba, Heimdall. He's got that booming voice. He does. He can. I mean, a lot of my guys are going to be voice actors, unfortunately, because of. I mean, they're creatures, right? Yeah. So, like, for this one, I just want him to be like that. I want him to have that deep voice, but just be like the old man that falls asleep halfway through (laughs) and then jiggles his change. Yeah. Um, I kind of envisioned him as being, like, kind of stuck in, like, a computer, kind of, not stuck in the computer, but kind of, like, hooked up to everything. 
Okay. That's why he's known as the wise man, because he kind of knows everything about the ship. He's kind of like the ship's computer system. Kind of. But he's just like hooked in and he's just an old guy sitting there. So, yeah. Idris. Good old, I love you, Idris. Good old Mr. Elba. I haven't, haven't casted you in a while. I casted a lot of people from different... Uh... Actually, no. I thought I casted more people from uh, Marvel, but I haven't. Couple. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Who's next on the list? Um, do you have anybody except for the top five left? Didymus, Ludo, Hoggle, Jareth, yeah, Sarah. Yeah. Okay. Let's go with Didymus. Puppeteered Hi. by Davy Allen Barkley and voiced by David Goel. Goals. 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 By the way, did Goals. you did you notice um, one of the fire dancers was Kevin Clash? Was Elmo? And it was straight up Elmo. Oh, yeah. Because I was watching it, I'm like, that's Elmo's voice. And then it was in the credits. I'm like, <laughs> yep, that was Elmo. Elmo's going to get you. <laughs> This is so creepy. That they has want a different take... connotation now. I know. <laughs> they want to take your head off. So that is a really creepy scene when you think about it, though. Oh yeah, it's very, very weird and creepy. Okay, is it mine? No, it's your go. Oh, it's me. Yeah. Um, I went with Tom Kenny. Okay. SpongeBob. Known. He's amazing. He's known voice actor. as a. Mi- oh, yes, he's done a ton of voices. But he's got that kind of high pitch, fast talking that I want Sir Didymus to have. Mm-hmm. Like I want him to be really kind of the, uh, what is it? The comic relief yeah. to everything else. So that's what I was like. I want Tom Kenny to do this, this like really crazy high energy character. Okay. And I think he could. I think he could. Yeah. We'll make him a little sponge and he can run around and. Plus, it's his laugh. Tom Kenny's got a great... Yeah. Which which Tom Kenny? Are we going with... Are we going with Ice King or SpongeBob? A mixture of the two. <laughs> I always forget he's the Ice King and then I... Yeah. yeah. Just so. not Wheelie from Transformers. I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. So. But he's got so many voices, like... How many voices does he have? 676 titles. 516 as an actor. Jesus. So, yeah. It's got a... He's got quite the... It's got quite the uh, pedigree, yes. Yeah. Who'd you have? Uh, for Didymus. Um, I needed somebody who I thought could be a fast talker and... Aquafina. No, though... <laughs> Um, couldn't pick a person from one of the Oceans movies. Though. I was going to say, yeah, she was <laughs> um, Oceans 8. But I obviously wanted, I, w- I don't know, I was just picturing this fast-talking guy with, just bear with me for a sec, don't forget the Prohibition era. I was, I had the, the suspenders, the Tweety-type jacket, and the Pageboy hat, and Jeremy Renner was the one I picked. Because, um, like, I know he's always... Touted as the least useful Avenger, but I think he's really, really good as Hawkeye, and I cannot Ronan. wait for his show. Ronan was awesome. Um, for one scene. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think, I think he is a very underutilized actor. I absolutely love him in Ghost Protocol, going up against Tom Cruise. I think it's it was so well done, and unfortunately, they kind of had to they kind of shelved that character. It, it is. Did you ever what? see Tag? 
I never saw Tag, but people love him in Tag. He is... Yeah, it was Tag. Yeah. I was trying to make sure it was him. No, no, it was, yeah. He is hilarious in Tag. Yeah. Like, it's a stupid premise movie, but it's just so well done. And he's great in it, yes. Kind of has a sad ending. Not really. One of them's dying of cancer. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Ed Helms is dying of cancer. I know, no. <laughs> Way to go. Okay. Next. Um, next. Yeah, I like Jeremy Renner. We have Ludo. Ludo friend. I, I have a Ludo pop because I love Ludo. Oh. Friend? Ludo. <laughs> I love how he kept keep saying his name. Smells <laughs> bad. <laughs> Ludo was always my favorite. Um, puppeteered by Rob Mills and voiced by Ron McEwick. Um, but yeah, Ludo was, yeah, loved Ludo. <laughs> um, it was kind of a mix of Chewbacca and the Wampa. Kind of. Yeah. Just with longer arms. Yes. I always pictured him more of a, this is going to sound really stupid, a more of a f really furry orangutan. No, that's pretty accurate. Because, like, I remember so when we were when horns. we were young, and it was really easy to cross the border um, before 9-11 and all that stuff. I lived right next to the border, and we used to go to Seattle and go to the Woodland Park Zoo all the time. Mm -hmm. And they had this unbelievably massively old and huge orangutan who had the giant face. And he always reminded me of Ludo. Um but he always used to just stand there because they had a really shitty enclosure for them at the time. It's much, much better now. They have this huge, like, vine mm -hmm. thing for them. But this was back in the 90s, and they didn't, yes. we were, didn't care as much. We were dicks to animals. Um, but he used to sit there and, like, hold onto the fence and, like, shove his face onto us to watch the people. And he would he would spit stuff at kids and giggle to himself. And he was a great little, he was a great orangutan. Yeah. I have fun memories of that orangutan. Shut up. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> Who is your Ludo? Um, I had uh, more, a little derivative. Um, obviously, I want my Ludo to say more than Ludo does. Hmm. Um, but he is the big strong man. Um, so I picked uh, Christian Nairn. Hodor. Hodor. Yeah. Hodor. That's why Ludo. I want <laughs> That's why I want him to say more. But I didn't want to pick someone like the mountain. No. Because he is too big. Um, but Hodor is huge. Um He's a DJ too. Yes, he is. But he can actually talk. So yes. I, I and I kinda want him to talk in his Swedish accent because like this Just have the reason he doesn't talk is because it's a Swedish accent. Yeah, he, he barely speaks English and he mm. speaks Swedish. Like even to the point where I'm I'm cool with him like doing that weird trope they do in movies where he just speaks Swedish mm. and the main character understands him. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> even oh, yeah. though they don't speak the language, they just automatically understand everybody. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I'm looking up to see if there's anything in Swedish that Ludo means. <laughs> I don't think so. How to say Ludo in Swedish? Ludo. Oh, it's a board game. Ludo? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, say Ludo. <laughs> Why is it like... How is it hard to say that in Spanish? Is it... Or... Swedish? Swedish. Yeah. Ludo. Okay. Who's your Ludo? So I wanted another, again, deep voice character. Um, I went with Brad Garrett. 
Krang. Does he play Krang? In the second Michael Bay oh, God. Teenage Mutant <laughs> Journal movie, he was Krang. I'm sorry for bringing that memory up, everybody. <laughs> um, he was better as Eeyore in Christopher Robin, and he's voiced Eeyore for a while. And is... My favorite Winnie the Pooh character. And... Oh, what's the other voice uh, acting he does? Quite a lot of. He does a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Why can't I remember it? He's done another one where... I think it's one of the monster universities anyways or monster inc i can't remember i'll look him up he's done a bunch but like he has that deep oh yeah slow speaking voice that when he does it really well like he does it really well i think just having him as as ludo and again ludo is just a, but a let's creature see, what is he known for everybody loves raymond of course he was hook hand thug and tangled Eeyore and Christopher Robin and Gusto in Ratatouille. Yeah, Gusto. Yeah. That's right. He was the hook hand guy in Entangle. He wanted to entangle him. Yeah. Was that the one with the? No, it wasn't the one that with the Rapunzel unicorns. One. Yeah, yeah. Find your thing, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I have a dream or something. Mm-hmm. I have a dream. Don't. <laughs> That's as far as I could go with that. <laughs> Uh, Anyways, yeah. Brad Garrett would uh, was the first voice that came to mind when I thought of Ludo. He was the Easter Island head in the uh, Night at the Museum things. I remember that. So, he wanted bubble gum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. okay. Ludo, friend. Okay. What is Ludo? What? Well, you're sci-fi. What is Ludo? He's still a big creature. Um, I don't, I don't know. Cause it's, you can't do the rock thing. No. Cause you wouldn't have rocks. No. What would you do for like, just out of curiosity? Like, obviously I don't have the mm-hmm. swamp of stench or whatever it's called. The swamp of a turtle stench. Yeah. Um, do you have something similar? Cause you have biomes. You can actually have yeah. different. But you can also have that's where all the waste goes, right? It's basically so just, like just the, the garbage chute. Do you have a garbage compactor on here? Yeah. We do. Ludo. <laughs> Ludo. <laughs> um, but yeah, I kind of, I kind of use that. Um, and again, like this is a collection of different creatures. So like they're all, Ludo is a big creature that's just terrified of all these smaller things attacking him. Mm-hmm. And that's why he becomes friends with Sarah. Because she doesn't attack him. Yeah. She helps him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as a creature, I, I mean, I'd leave that up to, you know, creative control of whoever has it. Jim Henson. Way to workshop. Yep. Way to workshop. They're pretty good too. They are great. <laughs> like to see them do some more stuff. They do a lot of stuff. I know. Anyway. Ludo. Hoggle. Shall we move on to Hoggle? Um, Hoggle. Um, puppeteered by Sherry Weiser and voiced by Brian Henson. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't know his son voiced him. Yeah. Just according to this. Yeah. Yeah. Brian Henson. Hoggle and slash goblin voice. Nice. Yeah. So Hoggle is a, not quite a goblin. I would, so I always pictured him kind of like a hobgoblin. Yeah. So. Because he doesn't really get along with the other goblins. And then Jareth sometimes calls him a dwarf. Voice Jack the Pumpkinhead in oh. Return to Oz. I never knew that. Now you do. Who yeah. did he voice in Muppet Christmas Carol? Producer. 
Oh. <laughs> Unacceptable. I think you directed that one, too. Probably. Yeah. I like that one. Because I think that was just after his dad died. Possibly. Yeah. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, it was his first one, Muppet Christmas mm-hmm. Carol. Okay. Hoggle. So, as I said, Hoggle, for me, is a cyborg-y type creature. So, he's got creature parts and then cyborg parts and all that. And he collects different things going through the ship and trying to collect, like, scrap metal and all that. I kind of picture Hoggle and that... I'm equating a lot of this to uh, Hellboy 2. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the goblin, the only goblin left from mm. building the Golden Army. Yeah, the one on the little on, cause wheel thing. The, the flames came up and took his legs. Yeah. yeah. Kind of. Kind of like that. God, I want to watch the movie again now. Uh, like, when you talk creature features, when you talk creatures... Guillermo. That movie, that one movie does so much good work. Like... I know it wasn't a great film. Meh. Had a bit of a weird storyline, but it was way better than the new Hellboy, which was just bad. Sorry, uh, David Harbour. He redeems just, himself. That's good. It was still just bad. Like, he redeems himself in Stranger, in Stranger Things. Things. But, uh, he, yeah. Sorry. Good God. Go see Black Widow, but he's pretty good in it. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. My Hoggle? Uh, I think it's fine, because I did Brad Garrett. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. So I went with D. Bradley Baker. Okay. Mainly because and did Dust, you, coming did you back want to clone. What did you want to clone? No. <laughs> but yeah, you, clone voice does really well. But mainly because he he voiced Varix in Destiny. Remember Varix? Yeah. I loved Varix's voice. He had one of those best voices. Yeah. Um, and kind of like yeah, that was the Prison of Elders, right? The Prison of Elders. Yeah welcomes you yeah. guardian um prison of elders a new Mines. challengers <laughs> oh when that came up in destiny 2 that was great that one strike yeah um but yeah like d bradley baker does a lot of voices and we have clones he's basically talking to himself he is every clone in the clone wars rebels oh, and no, bad um, batch bad batch and this man deserves every single award that they have for voice acting for yeah. those alone. The fact that you can watch episodes in Clone Wars that are just about the clones and you know which one of them is talking. Five sounds different than and Rex or than Rex, who sounds different than Cody, and they all are distinct and he does such an amazing job. Mm-hmm. Like that man is just a remarkable talent. Does he do all Five of them in Bad Batch? Yes, he does. Yeah. Even watch that. Like, yeah. Like, Hunter sounds different than than um, Echo, who sounds yeah. different than... Uh, uh, what's the sniper's name? I don't know. I dropped um, off on that show. Crosshairs. Crosshairs. Me and Danielle are waiting for it all to bundle up, and then we're just going to watch it all in one go. I'm semi-going-to-spoil it. You, like, thank God I started watching Rebels, because the latest episode deals a lot with Rebels. Nice. See, like they're, they're, the Bad Batch is in it for two minutes. The rest of it is on other other people. Yeah. Like, see, that's what I wanted from that show when it first started. And the first, like, six episodes did not give that to me. Mm. So I'm just like, okay, I'll let it pile up. And then I'll watch all 15. Yeah. So, anyway. D. Bradley go, right? Baker. 
Who do you who do you have? So is the inside man obviously older because Hoggle's supposed to be this old man who knows everything about the uh, the system? Um, I know this casino like the back of my hand. Yeah, huh. I picked a I picked a guy who is definitely I'm just off the top of my head. If he hasn't, this man should have played a pit boss at some point in a movie. <laughs> but um, Titus Bolivar. Um, I don't know where you would know him from the most. He was in a Transformers movie. Um, but he plays on this Amazon TV show called Bosch. Um, he has been in a ton, a ton of movies. He is this character actor who you've definitely seen before. Argo, uh, one of the Transformers. I don't know which one that is. The Town, Man on an Edge. It wasn't uh, the last night. It was the one he before He played that. Carmen, Carmine Falco in one of the Batmans. Yeah, voice, I think. Oh, the new, yeah, the new one. Yeah. Uh, the Long Halloween. Yes, he's Bosch. Uh, Ratko in Castlevania. He was in The Mandalorian. Yep. Uh, he's been in S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, as I or said. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, yeah, he's shown up in a bunch of places. Yeah. And he's always really, really good. And, like, he's very noticeable. And the thing is, like, I wanted to pick this old man who was still tough looking. Yeah. Right? He has that old man toughness to him. Kind of like how Clint Eastwood used to. Now Clint Eastwood just looks old. It looks like a breeze will blow over Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yeah. But you know you know what I mean, though, right? Yes. Like, you see those old men out there, and you're like, yeah, I don't want to screw with that old guy. Like, he, he could take me down. Like, I don't know if would would mess me up. Yeah. So. And then ask for some pudding. <laughs> I don't got the teeth anymore. Oh. <laughs> Lost them in Nom. <laughs> Nom hasn't happened yet in yours, but okay. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Okay, trying to move on to David. David Bowie. Yes. Bowie. 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 Do you want to call him by his real name? Um. Uh. God damn it, monkeys! What God is it? Monkeys. God damn monkeys. <laughs> Davy Jones. Davy Jones. Damn it. <laughs> I had Danny Jones. I'm like, yeah. that's not right. Davy Jones. Couldn't be Davy Jones. Okay, so what? <laughs> yes, he shows up in Zoolander. <laughs> I was going to say, what is he known Let's for? Dance. He is known for this movie. He is known uh, for Zoolander. I don't know the other two. Prestige, where he played Tesla. Oh, right. I love that movie. Such a great movie. And The Men Who Fell to Earth, which is another weird, weird movie. I um, like when he shows up in Zoolander. Yes, it's very funny. Perhaps I can be of assistance. David Bowie. Uh, he has... 130 acting credits to his name but i'm guessing a lot of them are like music videos because imdb has started doing that now and it... yeah well it could also be like documentaries and, mm-hmm. and apparently it was in video short peaks and stuff like that so but yeah he has kind Splinch of like bob Squarepants. <laughs> yeah lord royal highness in an episode all right so fascinating um yeah let's forget he was tesla yeah, I love that those scenes with him. So, but do we want to talk about how good his music is and how amazing David Bowie is when it comes to music? Uh, no, this is a film podcast. Okay, we don't talk about music on here. Got it. Otherwise, we'd be talking about Weird Al for ages. Yeah, but we haven't come across a movie with Weird Al in it. UHF. We cannot do UHF. Pop star. We could probably do pop star. <laughs> Never stop, never stopping. Never stop, never stopping. The thing is, with if we ever did recast Popstar, 
never stop, never stopping, stopping. <laughs> um, you would have to just do it with the original cast because it'd be funnier that way. Yes. Like, <laughs> them not knowing they're in a remake of their own original film. <laughs> it's true. So, anyway. David Bowie's wonderful. Sad Let's that he died. dance. Probably not a good person because, you know, none of the people in the 60s were good people. Whoa. Why are you throwing that negative energy out? Because there's always that stuff. You know what? Right now we've heard nothing about it. So yeah. if somebody's out there, you know, bring forth whatever, you know, let's yeah. let's talk about it. But if not, I David Bowie was a lovely man. It's my go first, right? Ziggy Stardust. So can I tell a fun story about David Bowie? Before we continue? Sure. So when David Bowie was dying... <laughs> wow, fun story. No, it's a fun story for me. When David Bowie was dying, <laughs> his best friend came to talk to him. Mm -hmm. And they talked, and that's when he died. The fun part about that is his best friend is Gary Oldman. Aw. So just imagine those two hooligans <laughs> running around the Britain in the 60s and 70s. <laughs> the Britain. You know what I mean. <laughs> Like I'm going the, to... those two people in the punk scene in that era would have yeah. just been like, that's a lot of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> How is Gary Oldman alive? How is Keith Richards still alive? <laughs> anyway, my go first, right? Your go first. So I picked someone who I know for sure has the charisma to do what I need him to do in a film, like, mm -hmm. you know, run a casino and all that fun jazz. But, um, the charisma to kind of play this weird ass character. Andy Garcia. No. Um, I picked Chuatella Giafor. Did you pick him as well? I did as well. As Jer as As Jareth. How the hell did you do that? <laughs> I picked him okay, so why'd you pick him? I picked him because of the the charisma and all that stuff. I picked him because of like Mordo. Because the way he explains things that's what I wanted, and the charisma of it, right? Like, because that's that's such a weird pull for the two of us. Oh God, damn it! Because I was like, you know what? The way he and I was thinking of this because I was like, the way he plays Mordo and Doctor Strange, the when he's talking to um, Stephen Strange and explaining like the one these, tribunal and stuff. Like yeah, that? this is yeah. the staff, and but like the way he explains it and like the way he plays off his words and all that, like it's just. I was like, that's how I want my Jareth. I want him to be this, like, overly charismatic person that you're like, he's trying to pull you in. But you can hint this kind of sinister. This super likable guy. Yeah. yeah. But there's a little bit of sinisterism to him. Yeah. Yes. Well, I went first. You copied me. <sighs> Damn it. Thank goodness, because I did not know how to say his name. <laughs> Chuatel Edgeofor. And I'm probably saying it wrong as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the charisma of him. Yeah. Which I just think it was, it's weird because we both went right for that. Anyway. Okay, well. He's in space and he runs a casino. In, the, in Prohibition era. Which probably wouldn't be allowed, but whatever. <laughs> it's Prohibition era. I don't think the casinos would have been allowed. Um, no, they were fine. Anyway, doesn't really matter. Shall we move on to Jennifer Connelly? Connelly? <laughs> Alita? Battle Angel? That's the oh. last movie I've seen her in. Let's see what the last movie... Okay, so... Before you look... You already looked. I already know. She's in Rocketeer. Yeah, but what else is she known for? I have no idea. Beautiful Mind. You never saw it. Really? Russell Crowe? No. Math movie? No. It's a good movie. I know, but I don't... Um, I... House of Sand and Fog. Don't... It 
weird weird um and then requiem for a dream don't watch it unless you like watching people die of heroin overdoses oh that's fun i always enjoy that yeah go go watch the rocketeer (laughs) Um, but for for me, I know her from this movie. I know her from A Beautiful Mind, and I know her from Requiem from a Dream because that was a weird ass movie. Uh, the latest movie she's in is Top Gun Maverick, and she was in the Snowpiercer TV series. Yeah, I know that. She was in Alita. Yes, and Spider Man Homecoming. She's suit lady. Oh right, she's a uh, Karen. Karen. Yeah, I'm gonna give you a name. Yeah, that's right. Cats <laughs> agree with me. Um. Yeah, she's one of those people, again, that kind of shows up in things, and you're like... Cats are fighting each other for some reason. I don't know why. But yes, apparently she just shows up in things, and you're like, Ah, Jennifer Connelly, she's still alive. (laughs) She's still working. Good for her. (laughs) Okay. She was was a Betsy Ross at one point. Is that the Ang Lee's Hulk? Um, no... Which Hulk is that? Yes. Liv Tyler was the new Hulk. Yes. She yeah. was the second. She was the second one. They look very similar. They do. <laughs> I'll give you that. Yeah. Just trying to figure out who the who the MCU version of it will be. Yeah. So, anyway. Well, if they ever do it again, it'll be a different actress, I'm guessing. I'd assume. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. who's your Sarah? I want the Maya Hawk. Okay, so you went younger, which is good. Than okay. my person. I was like, well, well, I didn't go that young. She's like 17. Oh, no, she's not. She played a 17-year-old. Um, Stranger did you, Things. Did you notice in a... Did you hear that in um interview, Quentin Tarantino said that he would hire her to play a younger version of the bride? Yeah. yeah. Or the bride's daughter? Yeah. 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 I saw that. Which is smart, because like... They actually look quite similarly. Is Though, that not her actual daughter? No, no, it is. <laughs> I was like... But not, you know... You, well, no, look, I know. J- John Voight and Elangelina Jolie do not look the same. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's father-daughter, not mother-daughter, but still. <laughs> um, Maya Hawk has softer features than her mother. Let's just yes. put it that way. And some features from her father. Yes. But yes. She's a great actress on her own. And I'd I, love to see her more than just that one. Stranger Things. Yeah. And I think the way she played kind of the snarkyism. Yeah. That that's what I want. Those two characters together, or those three, I guess. Robin, Because uh, Dustin uh, Dustin Dustin was there as well. Yes, Dustin and oh what's his name? Billy? No. No, Billy was the It was the like asshole boyfriend that then became like yeah. The friend. Who, sorry, that was like one of the best arcs in Stranger Things. He's like complete asshole, and then by the end of it, he's like best friends with Dustin. And you're yeah. like, this is an awesome friendship. Yeah. Okay, let's she was in see. Little Women. She was in A Little Women. She was in the one in 2017. Okay, sorry. No, no, the the one, the newest one, mm-hmm. with Saoirse Ronan and... Mm-hmm. Um, Emma Watson. Hermione Granger. And, you know, thank you. Um, that was a different one. So mm-hmm. this is yeah. They they redo that around. Robin Buckley was her name in Stranger Things. Um, she's in that new Fear Street movie on Netflix. I should watch that. Should. I want to find the name of that stupid character because it's bothering the <laughs> crap out of me. <sighs> you do that. 
I am. Steve. His name is Steve. There we go. I got it. Steve. Everyone cheer. Yeah. Cheer. Okay. I picked a person who's hot right now. <gasps> and I picked Elizabeth Olsen. Ooh. Yeah. Because I wanted a fiery personality. I wanted someone who could do that, no, take no bullshit. Because I'm setting this in an era where they're not going to listen to a woman who wants to do a heist. She needs to make sure that people listen to her. Hmm. Right? And I'm not going to put in the movie like, oh, you're just a dame. I'm not listening to you. But she needs to connect. You're a dame. She slaps him. <laughs> you're but, still a dame. She punches him. Okay, I listen to you. But, like, she needs to walk into a room and command respect the moment she walks in. And I think hmm. Elizabeth Kilson could do that. Like, just look at her as, as Wanda. Right? So. Just look at her attacking Thanos. I don't even know you. You will. You will. <laughs> like, damn. Damn. And the thing is, like... That moment you believe her and like... Not only that, that moment you go, oh, Thanos is going, destroy my whole army by shooting at them (laughs) or die right here and now. I will shoot my army. Yeah. Yeah. Elizabeth Olsen. I think Friday will ever come back to the MCU. Friday was... Tony Stark's uh, thing? His AI. I don't know why. Because it's just like, what, what happened to Friday? You can't just be like, oh, I'm offline. Boss is dead. Maybe. And Edith. Yeah, that's true. Even in death, I am the hero. Yep. <laughs> Tony liked his acronyms. Or it's like, even dead, I'm the hero. That's what it is. Yeah. Tony liked his acronyms. It's true. But do you know where the Friday comes from? Like the My name. Girl Friday. The no. old movie about a secretary. Named Friday. No. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure it came from somewhere. Yeah. For sure, it's just an acronym and, for something um, else. One of the names when he when he does that and Friday shows up, one mm-hmm. of the names is <sighs> Tadashi. No, it's the the character that dies in Big Hero Six. Yeah, it's Tadashi. Tadashi. Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of a cool yeah. thing. So. Because it's like the same little cards. Mm-hmm. Oh, anyway. Tadashi. Ah, oh, Big Hero Six. It's a good movie. We should be getting a sequel to that. Yeah. Hopefully. Get on it. Maybe one day. Maybe they'll show up in the uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse Part 2. Yeah. We have no Spider-People, but we got the Big Hero (laughs) 6 over here. (laughs) Just swing through their universe. Hey, guys. That's a San Francisco? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) We'd love to stay, but we can't. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, so that was it. That was it. That was Labyrinth. That was Bowie. I think this is a, a hard week for me. I think I only had five. This is a hard week for me. It was Bowie. So, okay. Well. Where can uh, they find us, Chris? You can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you can find us on all podcast uh, suppliers, providers listeners i don't know spotify apple play google play podbean i think i'll just keep going if you can't find us let us know well sucks for you where can they find you you can find me on etsy uh the canuck comic guy store 
as well as it does have its own Instagram page. Same thing. I don't post on there very much, but, you know, I got people to do that for me. <laughs> Jesus. They don't. I post it on there. Um, and then you can follow Danielle at Fiona Beer, also on Instagram. She posts pictures of, like, the food she makes and stuff like that. So The stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I have no idea what we're doing next week. I know. All I right. kept it from you. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, let's all find out together. So from all of us here at Recasted, go watch... LA Confidential. Damn it. <laughs>